Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown to Rushville. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future in Rush County. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Good morning. It is Thursday, March 23rd, seven minutes after nine, and you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So much to unpack, and we'll start with this. The Manhattan District Attorney has told the grand jury weighing potential charges against Donald Trump to stay home rather than reconvene as planned. Now, this was Wednesday yep. that he told them that. We think they may be back at work today, but now there's new drama saying that he's having trouble manipulating the grand jury. <laughs> I mean, the, the, that's my description based on the news description mm-hmm. and may not be getting exactly what he wants from the grand jury. Okay, so the reason for the delay, unclear. He told the grand jury just to be on standby. And then we have this letter that has surfaced. In it, it states that Michael Cohen paid Stormy Daniels with his own funds and Trump did not reimburse the money. Rob, what is going on? Yes, so this is just, I mean, you want to, and we talk about this a lot on this show when it comes to the justice system. The brilliance of the founding fathers and the system they set up was that there was always a last line of defense against unjust prosecution, persecution, the last line of, you know, in, in terms of making law, it was, it was the, you know, the courts would be a check and balance on the legislature. The court, the legal system was always supposed to be the ultimate fail safe. But what we have seen more and more frequently, both in terms of activist judges and now in activist prosecutors, is justice is not blind. Mm-hmm. Justice is first and foremost political. And in the case of this letter from Michael Cohen, uh, signed off on by Stephen M. Ryan, uh, Cohen's legal counsel at the time, dated February 8th, 2018, it basically says, or it doesn't basically, it does say, Mm -hmm. uh, well, let me just read it for you, okay, shall we? Yeah. I mean, it's pretty hard to misinterpret this. In a private transaction in 2016, before the U.S. presidential election, mm-hmm. Mr. Cohen used his own personal funds to facilitate a payment of $130,000 to Ms. Stephanie Clifford. That's Stormy Daniels. Yeah. Neither the Trump organization nor the Trump campaign was party to the transaction with, with Ms. Clifford, and neither reimbursed Mr. Cohen for the payment directly or indirectly. And then it all started to fall apart for Alvin Bragg. I'd say the prosecution rests, Your Honor, except he is the prosecution. Mm -hmm. So I guess in this case, the defense rests, Your Honor. (laughs) Right. Uh, Trump, Trump, man, Trump Trump is doing too much on on the truth social media for me to keep up with. Mm -hmm. Maybe this was all part of his plan to get people to go to truth social media to read his stuff. um, Because we have to read Trump's observation of this uh, breaking bombshell mm-hmm. news, mm-hmm. and by popular demand, we have uh, made the executive choice that we will again, as I feel we've entered presidential election season, um, we will bring back the Whitney. Yep. Maestro. And I <laughs> wow. Look at what was just found mm-hmm. a letter from Cohen's lawyer. 
to the Federal Election Commission. This is totally exculpatory and must end. The Manhattan District Attorney's witch hunt immediately. Cohen admits that he did it himself. The DA should get on with prosecuting violent criminals so people can walk down the sidewalks of New York without being murdered. Okay, so there are no plans, no requests. They haven't said, Trump, come to New York, come to town, nothing. He's still in Florida with no plans to go to New York. So where does this leave us? Are, are we done? Are we done here? Well, here's what I know, Casey. And Kevin and I were talking about this before we went on the air. You know, we had banned, we had sworn off the I will always love you. Mm-hmm. We had said a new man had captured our hearts. Mm-hmm. We were in the sack with a new political candidate, you so to speak. You had no contact. Yeah. And it's like the woman you've been away from for two years because <laughs> you knew the woman was crazy. <laughs> you knew she was awful for you. You knew after that 20 minutes of uninterrupted pleasure that you had 30 hours and 40 minutes of the rest of your day that was going to be a complete train wreck and you'd said I can't do this anymore Mm -hmm. and then you made the egregious mistake of hopping back in the sack with Mm -hmm. the woman and you said I don't care how nutso it is I need more of it (laughs) Uh, So uh, you cannot put toothpaste back in the tube (laughs) look I'm back in love with Trump. I need more of it. I know it's not going to end well for me. Uh, And so with that in mind... Prepare to have your heart broken. But wait, there's There's more. In all caps, so you know he's being serious. Why won't Brad drop this case? Everybody says there is no crime here. Mm -hmm. I did nothing wrong. It was all made up by a convicted nut job with zero credibility, who has been disputed by highly respected professionals at every turn. Bragg refuses to stop, despite overwhelming evidence to the contrary. He is a Soros-backed animal who just doesn't care about right or wrong, no matter how many people are hurt. This is no legal system. This is the Gestapo. This is Russia and China. But worse, disgraceful. Excellent performance. I, thank you. Good I love job. it. Thank good you. Good job. That was great. I, I know it's not going to end well for me, but gosh darn it, I'm having a good time in the moment. <laughs> so do you think they're calling more witnesses or is this, are, are we done? I mean, is, is Alvin Bragg getting word? All right, back down, buddy. These well, new revelations are coming out and you just look stupid. Well, this is, so this is what's interesting is if indeed this were in some pursuit of justice, obviously we, we would be done. If it were in some pursuit of justice, it never would have begun to begin with. Mm-hmm. However, that's not what this is about. So it's trying, it's the legal equivalent of trying to jam a square peg into a round hole. It's the political version of the Duke lacrosse case where I know from the word go where I'm going to end up. It's how, what road am I going to take to get there? Okay, well, this road is closed. Well, now we'll do, we'll do a detour. Okay, well, sir, that detour is 1,700 miles out of the way. Doesn't matter. We're going to get where we're going to get to. But hey, we don't really need to get there because getting there doesn't do anything for us. Doesn't matter. We're going to get there. So normally I would say, yes, you're right. We would be done here, but we're not going to be done here because done here will end when this guy is indicted, mm. this guy being Trump. However, 
it's making Trump look better by the minute. Mm-hmm. Now, did you, total sidebar, did you happen to see the AI-generated pictures I did. Of, of Trump being arrested? I did, and that is very scary that people can produce that. Yeah. If you, so the AI photos are like the AI video to me, and you know this, Casey. I have 2010 vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last time I took a vision test, the eye vision man who administers the test... Uh, was so impressed. The eye vision man? You mean the optometrist? Oh, is that what they're called? Yeah. <laughs> well, we used to have a little bit different insurance than we have here, and it was covered under the insurance plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I no longer have that, so I can't just for fun go impress myself with how far down the chart that I can get. But I made it to the bottom row, mm-hmm. and he was like, very few people ever make it to the bottom row. So uh, I can see the difference in the AI versus the reality, mm-hmm. but I have to look very hard. And so I would see where the average person would not be able to tell the difference. Yeah, it was trending big time yesterday afternoon when those were released. He's, so for those of you who don't know, it's like there's artificial intelligence Struggle. photos. Yes, he's running from police. He's in handcuffs fighting. He's mm-hmm. being drugged. He being Trump. Um, and you would have to look very hard if you do not have 2010 vision and cannot make it to the bottom row. I can see how people would maybe believe it was real. And if it were to go down, I really doubt it would look like that. It is 15 minutes after 9. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning. Why do fools fall in After nine, good morning. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And let's take a look at what is trending this morning. First up, it's the Tennessee librarian. This is a director who was fired after verbally abusing actor Kirk Cameron. He was there to appear at a story hour for his book. He was there alongside... NCAA swimmer and Trump backer Riley Gaines. Now, you might remember Riley Gaines. She swam for, I believe it was uh, Kentucky, and she tied with Leah Thompson, who was the biological Thomas. Ma- Thomas, yes. who was the biological male who decided to compete in Can we stop swimming. saying biological male? Can we just say male? She is a man who competed against women. Okay. If you still have the parts, mm-hmm. you are that. If you That is the rule, Casey. This, okay. that, this is the official rule of the Kendall and Casey show. If you are willing to chop off something, then we're in or grow the genitalia in question. If you're chopping it off or growing it, we'll give you credit. If you still got any of the stuff, then you're that thing. Okay. Well, here is Riley, and she's trying to record a message speaking out against males in women's sports. And you can hear in the background the librarian keeps slamming books down on the ground to disrupt the recording. Well, Riley (laughs) finally walked over to her and had some words. It doesn't have to be stressful. (laughs) Just roll into it as soon as as it's ready. Hi everyone, Riley Gaines here. As a college swimmer, I went up against some of the best female athletes in the world. But not long ago, it became okay for biological men to compete against women in swimming. This made it much harder for hardworking female competitors such as myself to succeed. I found that most competitors are too scared to speak out. Okay, this is just immature. And it's honestly extremely disrespectful. Like, you guys are old enough to know that that is, like, extremely disrespectful. Like, to slam your feet or books or whatever on the ground, that's pretty ridiculous. We have 60 more seconds, and that's all that we ask of you guys. And it would be made quicker if we weren't slamming books and slamming our feet. Thank you so much. Yeah. Good on her. Yeah. 
Good she, on her. She stood up for herself. She was like, you know what, 60 seconds. Let's just get through this, and then we'll be out of here. What is the, by the way, what, okay, so when I was in school, and I realized that was many, many years ago, mm-hmm. but when I was in school, the librarian was some nice little oftentimes older lady quiet who just really loved to read to kids and tell you the Dewey Decimal System right Right. and now these librarians more and more are these radical I mean we talked with Mike about this Mm -hmm. he's on that Hamilton County Library Board Mm -hmm. and there are complete not maybe necessarily librarians in this case, but people who are obsessed with the library Mm -hmm. that are just leftist maniacs who are mad like that kids can't have, you have to go to an adult section to look mm-hmm. at porn or read yeah. about porn. I mean, I, I don't, I don't even get it anymore. Casey. Well, and good for Riley Gaines for stopping the recording, walking over, yeah. saying, "Hey, you know what? Just let us finish." Yeah. And then she began recording again without being interrupted. She could have just done like Boone did in Animal House and said, hey, knock it off, you (laughs) a-holes. Also, audio that's trending this morning is Vivek Ramaswamy. Oh, your boyfriend. (laughs) Here he is on his thoughts on China. So here's the thing, Stuart. We live in a moment where we demand not Chamberlain, but more Churchill. What do I mean by that? If we think on the timescales of history, we actually win. And so what's happening right now is China is deputizing U.S. companies to advance their own geopolitical agendas. They're using the appearance of global capitalism as a tool to advance their agendas. Here's the thing, Stuart, though. If we're willing to actually make a sacrifice, that's precisely when we will never have to make one. You want to know why? China's in a pretty weak position now. Xi Jinping actually did a lot of damage to China to try to hold on to power for his unprecedented third term through last October, this creates an opportunity for us, Stuart, where if we're willing to make that sacrifice to say that we'll ban U.S. businesses from doing business in China until the CCP reforms itself, I think we will actually see China reform its behaviors. And we need to seize that opportunity with courage, not with fear. That's what I intend to do as president. Okay, so here's the flip side of that. What if they did that to us? Well, my bigger question is, we as the state now are paying this guy $4,000 an hour, according mm-hmm. to Indiana Capital Chronicle. Right. Were we paying him to be on the TV show? Remember, right. he's supposed to be helping with the in-purse and make sure we don't invest in woke things. Right. Are, are, what is that part of, is he jotting that time down? Is Are we paying for that time? No, that's him campaigning oh, okay. for quote-unquote president. Oh, I see. I'm sorry. What was your question, Casey? Oh, uh, what if we did... To China, what he is saying, or what if China did to us what he is saying? We, I mean, he's pretty much saying we need to just ban all China, yeah, quit trade with them, right. it'll completely destroy their economy. Yes. Well, what if they turned around and did the same thing to us? Yes, this is why these people who want to ban interaction with mm-hmm. countries or whatever are not serious. There's, China- there's no way with the U.S. economy you could actually now you could certainly do things to create a much more level playing field, mm-hmm. a la what Donald Trump did mm-hmm. and uh, and was pretty successful at least implementing some things but you're never going to opt out of dealing with China. Right. And keep in mind China is a literal dying demographic with their aging population. If the US wants to grow, we need to get in better with India. That is the growth market. Finally trending this morning, Chick-fil-A. They have announced that they're getting rid of the spring salad off of their menu. They oh. posted, "We are spring cleaning here at Chick-fil-A and taking the opportunity to refresh our menu." The side salads last day will be April 1st. Okay, now we have to get to something very important. Mm -hmm. Not to say trending stories are not important, but let's get to the meat and potatoes of what's going on today. (laughs) It is the Biden madness 
national championship mm-hmm. for the Hammer and Nigel show. Yeah. The sentimental Kendall and Casey show favorite, mm-hmm. Valvet, mm-hmm. is on the ballot, made it to the finals. Nice win yep. uh, the other day, yesterday, over America in a single word. Mm-hmm. And now it, it is the national championship. Valvet, happy birthday, Valvet, yeah. against You Ain't Black. Last night it was tied, 50-50. It is, is currently tied. So now we will begin yeah. Operation Bowel Harvesting mm-hmm. because we not only want Valvet to win, we want it in a route to yeah. win the Hammer and Nigel Biden Madness Championship because Valvet will be the people's champion. <laughs> and uh, Valvet, look, here's the thing, Casey. So head over to Hammer and Nigel on Twitter right now. Mm-hmm. Vote for Valvet. That is our, the Kendall and Casey show. Yep. That is our darling. It'll be a victory for all of us together. And I've already told Hammer and Nigel that if Valvet does indeed win, yeah. Valvet has a list of demands that I will read <laughs> on off the rails this afternoon. We're going to change policy. And we are going to change this state. Valvet comes in with mm-hmm. a with a Rolodex. Yeah. But we need an overwhelming victory for Valvet to have that mandate. Let's not even have it in question. Right. At Hammer and Nigel, go vote. Happy birthday, Valvet. 927, it is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It ain't no phone call on Sunday. Flowers are Mother's Day car. It ain't no 93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Robin Casey's here. And oh, look who it is. 30 years in the Indiana Senate. Robert. Jim Merritt. How are you, my friend? Well. Now, you were also the 2019 Republican nominee for mayor. And so we will lean on your expertise for this next conversation. Casey and I, I don't know if you know this, Jim. Casey and I have a new best friend. Did we tell you about this? No. It's a Jefferson Shreve guy. Yeah. Because he has what we call infinite money. Yes. And we <laughs> need more rich friends. <laughs> so Jefferson Shreve is a Republican. He's also a client. <laughs> Yes, we are we are staying employed this week based on the amount of ads Jefferson Shreve is running on WIBC and other TV stations. So for those who don't know, he is a former member of the city county council, decided to run for mayor on the Republican side, and he has announced he is spending $600,000 just on TV and radio. Mm-hmm. And so you as the most recent Republican nominee for mayor, you got to look at 600 grand in a primary and go I should be should have been nicer to that guy. <laughs> well, Jefferson's a longtime friend of mine. Abdul's a friend of a longtime friend, and so is Reverend James Jackson, the other candidate. And uh, and and Casey and Robert, I, I'm not really sure about uh, Jefferson Shreve's campaign right now. He's he's a wonderful person, but you've got to focus on the primary. Mm-hmm. You've got to talk about that there's a primary election here. And this enormous buy that he has made initially, people don't know who Jefferson is. And people don't even know there's a primary election coming on. And I think it should have been well-spent money to open up with a introductory, hi, I'm Jefferson Shreve, mm-hmm. and this is what I want to do. He's right now pointing out all of the problems yes, we're experiencing yes. in Indianapolis. Yes, and he's going after uh, the mayor uh, but that's general election. Mm-hmm. He has to beat Abdul. He has to beat Jackson, and uh, it's not a. It's a. It's a whiff. It's a whiff to, to uh, have this first round. I hope it's a first round of ads, because you need to introduce people. Need to who know who you are, mm-hmm. and you've got to get that primary voter, that Republican voter, out to vote, and that's really difficult. So, so there's some person I would assume he's paying 
to, what do they call them, consultants yes. or whatever, yes. to advise him. And not very well. Well, I was going to ask you, how do these meetings go? Do you all get around a table and you go, okay, here's what the ad should be. Here's how the ad buy should be. Here's where the ad buy should be. I mean, how does it go putting together an ad? Because I'm with you, Jim. I think you got to do the opening ad. The people who are going to vote in a primary know what the issues are. Right. you got to say, look, here's who I am. Here's why I'm running. Mm-hmm. Here's what I'm going to do if you elect me. And welcome to the world. We'll get into the details as time goes on. Mm-hmm. He didn't really do any of that in that he, in those ads. He, he really didn't. In his first opening statement, when he um, when he announced he was running for for uh, election for the primary, was very conservative. Uh, and I thought, well, he's going after the southern part of the county because the three townships are very Republican. That's the base. And so I thought, hmm, that's a pretty good start. But but there wasn't that many. There wasn't an introductory uh, biography of this is who I am. Right. And to answer your question directly, I'm not sure who's advising him. I, but uh, people do get around the table. They, they offer ideas to to Jefferson Shreve. And I just think it was a... It was a a bunt, and they needed a home run to start. Rob and I actually were looking up details about him to see who he was, Mm -hmm. and we actually had this conversation of why he was running, and my side was, well, he must care about Indianapolis, and he wants to see things change. And Rob's side was, no, he's a bored rich guy. (laughs) So, which is it? Well, his ad, uh, uh, to be fair, part of his ad says he's a winner. Mm -hmm. I think I would have really gone into more biographical, and uh, he is an outstanding businessman. Mm -hmm. it's just how that translates into being mayor. And I also would have talked more about May. And uh, uh, I think he just needs to kind of get those advisors together and, and really get to the point where this is why I want to be mayor and this is who I am. If you are Abdul, and we talked about this a little bit on State House Happenings, if you're Abdul, you kind of run, you get in, you think, well, okay, I've got a, you know, a little bit of celebrity type status, certainly inside the political sphere, even outside. People see me on TV, they've heard me on radio. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to enter kind of as the front runner and I'm going to plot along towards, you know, I may have some competition, but I'll probably be able to beat that. I'm going to kind of plot and save and, and, and plan towards November. Well, now you got to kind of make changes, or do you make changes, or what do you do if you're Abdul? Because I don't think you plan on a guy spending six hundred grand at the primary. No, but uh, it's a great opportunity for Abdul to say uh, to spend money because you got to do it at what mid mid March right now, and you got six weeks maybe. Uh, he, I don't know what his plan is, but. The plan should be get on the airwaves. This is who I am. Mm-hmm. There is a, a primary election, and and take advantage of the void that that ad uh, that Jefferson put out there so created. So Abdul should allow Jefferson at this point to just keep pointing out all of the problems with Hogsett, and instead introduce himself. Yes. Yes. Okay. And and you know there are there are forums going on and. Uh, I, I, Those I, forums are such a waste of time. Well, you got to go through them. I know. I, I mean, but it's man, a gauntlet. What a wa- you could be out knocking on doors. You could hit two hundred doors in the time it takes to go to those forums, and everybody knows already knows who they're voting for it, in those forums. Really, at the end of the day, what uh, the individual who's running for mayor, who's in a primary election, and Robin Shackelford needs to think about this too, is you have to go after that primary voter and give them a reason to number one vote in the primary and why to vote for you, uh, Jim Merritt. Our guest, former member of the Indiana Senate, also the most recent Republican nominee for mayor in the city of Indianapolis. Yeah, I used to hate those forums, too, though, because I would sit there the whole time and think, 
almost everyone here knows who they're voting for. Mm-hmm. And I could hit 200 doors in the two or three hours I'm sitting here talking to people who I'm not going to change their mind. One, I mean, the people who go to the chamber lunches, the people who go to the you know Washington Township Republican Club, they already know. Well, think about me. I'm, I'm in a debate with the mayor, and I'm just I, I've got the issues down, and the mayor's got a three ring binder looking down at his sheet, <laughs> trying to figure out what the answer to the question is. Yeah. And so, <laughs> frustration city there, Robert. Speaking of the mayor, so he does have a what I would say is a viable Democrat challenger, Robin Shackelford. She's a state rep. Um, she had a big thing, according to IndyStar, yesterday uh, on crime and a, a new plan for crime. But she's going up against a guy who's won two elections in a row. Clearly, people in this city don't care about crime based on the fact that Ryan Mears was reelected. And he starts with whatever. He's got $3 million in the bank. If you're Robin Shackelford, you might have come out a little bit sooner on all the things Hawksett's doing wrong. Well, you know, on state house cap- state house happenings, we did talk about this. The mayor of Chicago was taken down because they made her the issue. Yeah, and and uh, what Robin needs to do relatively quickly now, and she kind of blew it with this: is the mayor needs to be the issue. This is her opponent. She has very little time, and and the media will give you a chance or two. And I imagine they did give her a chance on this crime package, but. It she has to direct everything towards why she's a better uh, better candidate in the general election uh, other uh, than Mayor Joe Hogsett. She has to take down the king. Have there been any polling done? And at this point, does it matter? I think it matters for Abdul and Jefferson Shreve. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think what I would be doing after a, a massive buy is after seven, ten days, I'm Jefferson Shreve. I'm getting out in the field to say, see if the message is getting through. Mm-hmm. If people, if I've misjudged it and people understand who Jefferson Shreve is, and that's not the case, it have to be incredible repetition. But yes, I think polling for both Abdul and Jefferson Shreve is a necessity. Um, I, I can't speak for the Robin Shackelford campaign because she didn't even label who she's running against. Yeah, it's. Um, by the way, do you think Shreve would want to be our friends? Do you think he would be friends with us? I, I think. Or is Jeff- he the sort of person who would want no part of us? I think Jefferson Shreve is a very nice person, and I'm sure I, he'd I, be a good I, friend of yours. Yeah, he has a, he's a very nice person, so no. <laughs> but he has a very, a very nice home somewhere, probably numerous homes. He has not accepted my Twitter request, by <laughs> oh, the way. Oh, let's see. He's not doing a very good Still job. Still pending. Hey, before we let you go, Merritt, your buddies in the uh, state government, the gas tax went up again. Yes. They uh, don't seem to care at all. And property taxes are on the way in May. How, how do the Republicans not care? I mean, you have the, what, the highest gas tax taxes in the nation you have skyrocketing property taxes and these guys they don't even pretend to care yeah well, it's amazing to be fair they're going to get a budget and they've done a really good job with health care this year but um the property tax issue is looming and you know how we disagree on the on the on the user fee that is gas tax but this this tax on gas is not even a user fee it's totally just at the whim of whatever the price of gas is so we talked about this on state house happenings that excuse of well you know we need it for the roads and the planning you can't plan on anything with this because it's based on the price of gas yeah it's fun, isn't yeah, it? Did you ever get old defending these frauds? I mean, come on. Hey, uh, real quick, before I let you go, you uh, you going to run for governor? What are you doing? Thinking about it. I think we've got time. Our three candidates uh, for governor right now are very Boy, nice they're so people. inspiring, aren't they? Yeah, no vision. They got to have a vision for the uh, for the future of the state of Indiana, and I'm just not seeing it, Robert. At what point do you have to throw your hat in the ring? I think June. 
Okay. I think I think with social media, Casey, mm-hmm. and everything that you have to to uh, talk about and reach people, I think you've got time. Jim Merritt, find him on Twitter at Jim underscore Merritt. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And if you head over to WIBC.com and look up the side piece, well, there's some articles there. Do Hoosiers get a good return on their investment (laughs) from taxes? (laughs) Now, wait, wait, wait. We're told repeatedly about what great value you get to live in Indiana. Mm -hmm. We're told by the Republicans how you should shut up and pay. Mm -hmm. I got told by somebody yesterday, it could be worse. Mm -hmm. It could be Illinois. Yeah. Tax day coming up Tuesday, April 18th. Now, I know you're saying, well, why isn't it on the 15th like normal? Well, that's because the 15th falls on a Saturday and typically the next business day would be tax day, but that would be Monday, April 17th. But that is also the date of Emancipation Day, which in the District of Columbia, they celebrate and the IRS observes and closes their offices that day. Therefore, tax day is... April 18th this year. Okay. Okay. Do you wait till the last minute to pay if you owe? No, I've already already sent those checks. Why do you why do you give the government your money in advance? Why I, would you do that? I wanted to get it done and out of the way. It's like one of those things that looms and hangs over you and It takes like two it like takes like two seconds to send it in. Do you to what? Have, to write a big check? Yeah. Yeah, I know. So what I mean come on, woman. You're giving the government your money a month and a half in advance? Why would you do that? Like I said, I just want to get it done and over with. It's off They're my not rushing to give you your money back when they take... off my plate now. I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. I put it behind me. You have... And be- the anger and the angst. I've already moved on, Rob. You have, you have anger. It's, okay, so well, I guess it's, the, it's different, though, to say doing my taxes caused me anger and angst. I would understand that. I would mm-hmm. think someone of your infinite wealth would have a professional do it for you. But Well, I, I do. But once you know... And it's not infinite wealth. I think you're uh, you're you're threading a, a yarn there. Oh, it was... Casey's so rich that when they showed her what she was going to make to come here, she said, Puh, I'm doing it for fun. <laughs> that but, is hardly the truth. But what anger and angst once you... I mean, there may be anger because mm-hmm. you know you're giving it to a giant waste pit, which is the government. Government. But what angst is there? You write the check. You put it in the mail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that causes you angst? Yes. It's the anxiety of the whole thing, filling out the form and sending it in and all of it. Wow. Because it's not just me. I mean, I got to make sure the kids got herds done uh-huh. and then... Your kid's an adult. If you can let somebody go to spring break on their own, they can do their taxes on mm-hmm. their own. Well, you know what? And you asked, does it get done professionally? Yes, it does get no. done professionally. And then those papers get sent to the home address. And then the dude had to go up to Lafayette so she could sign those papers. So then we could send those in. You never see it's your child? Pro- it's a process. You have made this far too complicated. I'm going to streamline your entire life. You give me <laughs> a couple you? weeks, I will, will have everything just completely you know streamlined for you. This is actually an argument the dude and I actually had. Did he you? said, I, I did all this work, and I said, it would have taken me two hours just to yeah, be you done. Get, yeah, here, so, uh, it's uh, him who's making it difficult, well, not that's, me. Well, that seems about right. Um, <laughs> yes, I owed money this year, and when I owe money, I wait and wait and wait and wait. Why wouldn't I wait? I'm not mm-hmm. doing anything illegal or unethical. I am abiding by the rules set forth. You can either take a check and put it in the mail. Mm-hmm. They also allow you to log on to there is some sort of website where you can pay mm-hmm. uh, via electronically. Mm-hmm. What? 
What? What? I, I, the, state of Indi- the state of Indiana needed my money, apparently. Yes, it's going to a good cause. Speaking of which. Yeah, 73% of taxpayers think the government doesn't use their taxes wisely. <laughs> it's a no painful kidding. reminder. Who are the, what was it, 73%? 73%. Who are the 27% that are that stupid because I have a piece of swamp land. They're thinking it's all okay. That I'd like to sell them. Who, who wakes up every day and goes... I really feel my government is efficiently using the resources I allocate to them. Well, a lot of people don't. And Wallet Hub did this big survey. They have a lot of different, uh, you know, five categories yes. education, health, safety, economy, and infrastructure. Uh-huh. Indiana, no doubt. Number one, we're the best. Yep. Out of the 50 states, they, of course, rank all of them uh-huh. for Number one. Re- return on investment. All Republicans, no doubt. We're very efficient, limited government. Everybody's very pleased with what they're getting. We're number one, right? Indiana scored at number 29. Well, that's not number one. That's not number one at all. So isn't that interesting? Because, of course, again, we talked about this Remember last week, I think we talked about this, where Indiana is an overall taxation, and they're right in the middle of the pack, which is basically where we are here, too. So, multiple studies now Mm -hmm. determining either return on investment or the actual taxation, despite having Republican supermajorities, a Republican governor... We're not getting a good return, and we are, and people feel they're overtaxed. Mm-hmm. How is that possible when the platform of the Republican Party, the anchor platform of the Republican Party, is lo- supposed to be low taxes and limited government? Yeah. For overall government assistance programs, Indiana ranked at number 18. For education, this was our best category. Uh-huh. We came in at 14 uh-huh. in the nation. Yeah. For health. Ooh, it was not good. 31. Now, this that is, was our worst. Well, and this is wild, Casey, because under uh, lockdown McGee and then Pence before him, we've mm-hmm. seen a massive expansion of socialized medicine in which basically almost anybody under the sun can waltz down to 200 West Washington and get a reduced insurance plan. So how is that possible despite all the massive Medicaid expansion, which is Obamacare, but we don't call it Obamacare because we got a bunch of gutless, cowardly, pathological liars down the street from us who don't have the guts to walk through the front door. We call it HIP Mm 2.0. How is that possible despite the Republicans' massive expansion of Obamacare in the state? Mm -hmm. We're 31st. It's almost like government health care doesn't work. Other other states are doing it better. For safety and economy, Indiana scored 20 and then 18. And if you want to know which state has the best return on investment for taxpayers, you have to go to New Hampshire, then Florida, Alaska, South Dakota, and then Texas. How is it possible, Casey, if indeed, as we always hear at the you know the conventions and the speeches, the Republican way is the way to prosperity and a better life? If that is indeed the case, then how is it possible that a state mm-hmm. with all Republican everything mm-hmm. consistently is either average or below average when it comes to taxation and the value that the citizenry of the state believes they're getting in terms of the taxation. How is that possible? Now, that lunatic guy that called and yelled at me the other day mm-hmm. because we're having the audacity to talk about property taxes. Uh, yes, the actual taxation and the voting record of Republicans. Why don't you be a tough guy and call the hotline back and tell me how it's possible that if Republicans are the way, if the Indiana Republican Party is the way, if I'm so offensive for pointing out the voting record, why do clearly in poll after poll people believe I'm right? According to Wallet Hub, red states offer a better return on investment than blue states. And I'm sure you can guess it the state with the worst taxpayer return on investment. 
California. Yay. 9.55, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. No.